Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everybody, before we get started, just a quick reminder, I, Jenny, am playing a few shows in the Northeast next week. From April 6th through the 9th, I'll be playing in Northampton, Boston, Brooklyn, and Philadelphia. So you can find tickets and information at JennyOwenYoungs.com, and I hope to see some of you out there in the world. Yeah, and before we jump into the episode, we also wanted to let you know our t-shirts. We are, we are rich in t-shirts these days. We've got three. Our own buffering t-shirt designed by Christine Tuna, Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy designed by Isabella Rotman, and Just Keep Fighting designed by Allison Weiss. We have all three shirts, we think, in stock. <laughs> We've been selling through them like crazy. Like like wildfire, like nothing we have ever seen. So mm-hmm. thank you for loving them. We love them too. Um, and you can find those if you haven't gotten yours already over at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on on shop. Um, we also have some enamel pins, uh, and it's it's just a good time over there. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. For today's episode, we got to talk with our friend Shannon Woodward, an actor who's most recently appeared in HBO's Westworld. Spoilers for Westworld, it's full of robots. Spoilers for Ted, he's a robot. Shannon plays Elsie Hughes on Westworld, a character who programs robots, so we were thrilled to get to talk to her about an earlier and more rudimentary prototype named Ted. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time. I am Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo, and this week we are discussing season two, episode 11, Ted. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Ted was written by David Greenwald and Joss Whedon and directed by Bruce Seth Green. It originally aired on December 8th, 1997. So close to my 17th birthday. (laughs) Buffy's, this is the one where Buffy's mother brings, everybody knows what this one was. Let's be real. (laughs) Everybody knows, but I'm still going to give you the summary. Buffy's mother brings home Ted. Also, why don't they name people? Joyce brings home Ted, her new boyfriend, who is not what he seems. That's the whole summary. Uh, <laughs> accurate. Accurate, yeah. Accurate. Ted is not what he seems. Ted is a robot. And we have a very special expert guest, mm-hmm. a key witness in the investigation of this episode. <laughs> Some of you, many of you, hopefully all of you will be familiar with her work portraying Elsie Hughes on Westworld down in Behavioral. It's Shannon Woodward. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Welcome, Shannon. Hello, Hired Shannon. Because he needed a little help uh, yeah. with the problematic robot. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> we... we went to narrative and they were useless. <laughs> They're completely useless. No. <laughs> I, well, Jenny and I were talking a, a couple months ago and she knows I'm a big Buffy fan. God, I, when you said, by the way, what year this was in, 1997. <laughs> this is crazy. I was 13 years old. Hell like, yeah. Wow. I know this. I like, I know this episode so well and I, I don't want to offend anyone but it is maybe my, my one of my least favorite episodes of mm-hmm, this show fair but I always called it the Westworld episode that's it, because I knew the movie not because I was like hey, one day I'm gonna be on a TV show <laughs> but, how, but how amazingly cool is that that like you were 13 and you were like this is the Westworld episode and now you're on a podcast about that episode because you're on Westworld I know it's all really it's all really come full circle <laughs> I mean if 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 you know talking about Ted was my ultimate life dream things are <laughs> things are really looking up for me this evening when we when 
when we talked to Shannon, we were like, so yeah, we would love to have you on in an episode, you know, for season two if you want. And she was like, well, I, I like this episode and this episode, but I have a feeling you're going to want me to <laughs> yeah. be on this I was episode. like, I think maybe it would be most appropriate for me to talk about uh, the Westworld episode. Yeah. I mean, and listen, John Ritter is amazing. He and really he is. is the only replacement for Yul Brenner I will tolerate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We have a lot oh. to discuss. Yeah. There's well, a I lot. Mean, where do we even start? I mean, I, we could start with Xander's pants. We should. They oh, my God. Gene Coast. Sales. Yes, right? Totally. Also, did you did you wear pants like this? Did you absolutely not? Okay. <laughs> I asked because I know that two, you're in a room with two. Did you people. guys both wear those pants? Oh, of course. Yeah. Mine I wanted better to fit than in. Sanders. I, I yeah. I wasn't that much of a tomboy as a kid. So like I actually every week, especially like season three. Which, don't worry, I won't spoil anything. I'm just talking about clothes <laughs> You're here. like, they wear pants and we're like, Shannon, we told you, no There's spoiling. hoodies, no hoodies, don't say it. <laughs> no, I remember I would like go to like Marvin's. Is it Marvin's? Mervin's? Mervin's. 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 That's a California the, the, thing. Were the you hell here? is Mervin's? No, they had one in Texas. I was in oh, Austin in at the time. But I remember I would like go to try to find like the the like the outfits that Buffy would wear. And I would try to like, bu- like dress like her. And my friends would always clock it. They'd be like, cool overalls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we saw that. I mean, and like in hindsight, like I see pictures that I I remember the outfits I was trying to copy, and wow. they weren't flattering. Like I didn't look anything. <laughs> I mean, like some Buffy. of them really aren't even flattering. Yeah, on, you know what I mean. Like, what percentage not... of clothing was flattering in the 1990s? Very little, except I mean, yeah, I don't listen. know. Buffy looks pretty cute to me. This episode, Buffy had a lot of serious costumes in this episode. Yeah, things were really. Intense. Like she's wearing heels to mini golf. Kitten heels even. Yeah. She's got like that the thing that she wears right after the mini golf outfit where she's in like the red pattern. Like a, a the thing that's made out camisole. of like upholstery. It was like a camisole and then like an yes. over thing. I was like, oh wow, double pattern. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's great, but like she's literally just in her it's house in her house. Made kitchen. out of drapes. Okay. They were all like very expensive. Like they, these were a lot of expensive outfits. I was yeah. really like that jacket she's wearing when she's sitting on the stoop when the coroner is dragging the robot out. By the way, because <laughs> apparently no one, no one noticed that he has steel for limbs. But uh, that jacket, I was like. That's got to be like a four thousand dollar coat. Yeah, like, they really went coat. for it, and we don't even have mm. Kate with us this week to talk about it. But I think Kate would have had a lot to say. There's a lot episode. to be said. There's a lot There's of a lot costumes. To be said. Um, on my big note before the credits um, about costumes besides Xander's pants mm-hmm. was uh, Willow's condom hat, as I called it. Yeah, is, that a, is it a Kangol hat? <laughs> Do you remember those those Kangol like yeah, bucket yeah, hats? And yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. I feel like, like that's roll, what it was. It's like rolled up, just like very tightly around her head. It just. Do you think she thought it was funny? Like, I wonder if she was like. This is a funny hat. I've got to wear it. It's so silly. I like, don't know. Mm. When I look back at the hats I wore in the 90s, now I would think I would have known that they were ridiculous, right. but I sure didn't. There was a lot of collective bad hat decision making <laughs> and permission granting. My only fan picture of my whole life is with letters to Cleo. Oh, and yeah. I am wearing like a fisherman bucket hat. Oh, no. Yeah, it's yeah. really something. It's really Great. something. I remember that time in the 90s where suddenly it was like, you know who was so cool? Gilligan. Why don't we dress more like him? And everybody was like, collectively, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were like, but you know what it's missing? I love the hat. You're you're dead on about that trend. <laughs> what if it was fuzzy? Right. And everyone again was right? like, yes, yes. <laughs> Why did we think oh. of this already? We're so, yeah, we're so happy. Oh, God. Um, so. Anyway. Anyhow. Fantastic outfits. We get to the house. The door is open. A glass breaks. Buffy goes to Joyce's rescue. And what does she find but her mother making out with... Pre-boning. Yeah. I have an objection. First, I have an objection to pre-boning. And secondarily... I never said I just made it up. <laughs> but it felt gross enough to say that, like, that's Buffy's reaction. So, like, right, I feel like right. I got it out of everyone. And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. God, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she is yeah. not pleased. Secondary objection. The amount of time that passes between the breaking glass, the, the uh, scream of no, and then just exactly how, like wrapped together they are well, I Ted is a bit Ted is a big man <laughs> also they're they, they, it must have fallen in such a particular direction that they were like absolutely no risk of getting cut yeah, yeah. we'll just let's leave that there let's and keep pre-boning closer. yeah oh god oh <laughs> I'm gonna keep god saying it's, it. bad. <laughs> it's so bad it's so bad and this is the shortest like pre-credits 
situation I think we've seen to date. It's so like, quick. it takes one second, this happens. Because he's probably the most famous guest star they'd had till then. Like, it was that's, a great reveal for them. Yeah. Oh, they were like, and we've got true. John Ritter. Yeah. So, he's their first special guest. Special guest yeah. star. And I'm trying to think, were there other, I don't know if I can think of anyone who was bigger than John Ritter who was ever like a guest star on the show. Yeah, I don't know. No Not offense to all the other guest stars on the show, but John Ritter's a legend. Yeah, so. John, John Yeah, Ritter he's pretty massive. Oh, well there's um Joel Grey. Oh uh, yeah. appears later. Amy Adams before Amy Adams is anyone. Really? What, what episode is she in? Um Can you t- do you have to tell me after? I think it's in season 4 or 5. I'll tell you later like what the context is. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> tell me later. That's so funny. I never I never knew that. Yeah, I didn't either, but I also I so I'm in the room now with two Oh, buff, also the guy from um uh Prison Break is well, Wet, no, Wentworth. Just, Wentworth. Oh, yeah, there's right, a lot but John Ritter is like I just mean legend. he was already famous. He was, sorry, yeah. right, 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 Like he was right, right. already, so anyway, so that I just I mean like excited. that's why their cold open was totally. quick. That right, makes right, so right, much right. sense. Why upstage him with more stories? Right, right, right. Get that, get that credit and have her be like, oh my God, that was John Ritter. And we ha- we finally have like Buffy really acting like a full on teenager. Yeah, totally. Probably the first time, like, which is such a role reversal for them because usually like Joyce is the one who needs Buffy's help and Buffy right, right. is in an adult position and it's unfair and it's a lot of weight on her shoulders and it kind of makes the whole metaphor of the show really work and then all of a sudden this one they're like and we're gonna make Buffy a child for yeah. the first time yeah, it's, yeah it, it, a- the, the stakes are the most realistic I feel like in this episode than they are in the rest of the series at least as much as I can remember and I think that's why I always like didn't like the episode as much because it's like reality comes crashing in on you yeah right, yeah right. I mean it's the first time that we're seeing a Buffy grapple with the fact that this isn't a demon I mean we eventually find out that that he's made of steel. She gets interrogated by the police. Yeah. Like, there's a full-on interrogation scene. It went SVU for a minute. And we talk a lot on this podcast about the lack of uh, right. police the- intervention. Right. <laughs> so and they really get involved this time. They went to the school. They were like, we want to see your teacher's notebooks on Buffy. And he's like, thanks for this. And one of the, one of the teachers is like, looky here. And he's like, uh-uh-uh, that looks like murder <laughs> to me. Giles just hands over the vampire book, like yeah. leather-bound. He's like, this is all I have on Buffy. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, he does say something in the hallway to her at one point where he's like, I, I told him, and then he, he kind of gets cut off, and you're like, what did you tell him? Yeah, what yeah, exactly? What did you tell him? She's <laughs> moody. She was really taking it out on that vampire. She's in the library a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loves to read. Uh, book cracker Buffy. That's yeah, her that's nickname. Her and plus, I feel like this episode, I feel, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like we have even more, like, wiggle room to kind of, like, right, talk about nobody, bigger... it, it's a It's an interstitial <laughs> no one's like, episode. Uh, the narrative. I can't believe they didn't mention. Yeah. Wait, can I just say that they really did touch on something that matters to me a lot um, in the scene right after the cold open when, you know, Xander and uh, Willow are over at the house and they're in the kitchen and, and Ted is making pizza perfectly they have a pizza robot <laughs> someone made a pizza robot and honestly i've never heard of a better it's true idea but i have to i have to call i have to ask you because one of my notes was also about the pizza yeah because i looked at that pizza it didn't Shannon? look good it no didn't it didn't look. no it didn't. That, <laughs> and bless the prop people but they made those like in the like staff kitchen in there like six or seven hours before because the day ran long you know yeah. like they were yeah. supposed to make the they i didn't feel have time like to my mom used cheese. to get those at costco they just the, like like pizza yeah exactly you know? is that, do you think they were actually just i the think costco they were just ones? straight up yeah they were just like is that less realistic than no i think that's more realistic <laughs> but, but they <laughs> but cooked i like your story more but, but they still <laughs> did make them in like the crap oven there right, on the right. stage i just love that everyone was like these are the best pizzas and they were like clanging off of the yeah. <laughs> they I feel like they had like so much to get to that, that that day that the director's note of like, can we make the pizzas look, I don't know, edible? And they were like, nah, forget <laughs> it. <laughs> Not today. It, it, he made it sound really good when he was talking about baking them and then sauteing them in olive oil and herbs. Yeah. So I thought. You have to use a cast iron. He's like, no, and you gotta use the cast iron. Right. Later. Um, I, I, just, I don't want to miss. Iron. There's a few quotes in this episode that I don't want to miss. And one of them, I think, happens right before we get to the pizzas, which is when Buffy makes this offhand comment to Joyce about how she must have been cataloging more than art. Sick. <laughs> yeah. Gross. <laughs> And she says it also in this way where she's like really hurt. Yeah. She's like, yeah. I'm guessing you've been cataloging more than art. 
And yeah. you're like, are you worried your mom's cheating on you? Like, it's so funny. Yeah. But she says it in this really earnestly hurt way that's really made me oh. laugh. This Joyce is all, I mean, I give everybody kind of a pass on this because we find out that they're, of course, eating drugged, uh, delicious, but drugged food. But Joyce is really adorable. They're just eating edibles for the whole episode. like, I love this stuff. It's delicious. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just like Joyce. I know it's the drugs, whatever. But like Joyce is, come on. Joyce is not Joyce in this episode. I cannot believe that Joyce is going to fall for Ted. She's a mess. I know. It's it's one of those things where – a lot of shows do this. They're just like, well, for this episode, you're just this person. Like, let's just like and, – and Buffy's mom mm. has always been that character to me in the show that like she's there to serve a purpose for the story, you know, as like a barrier between like Buffy being a grown-up mm. or not. You know, right. and in this one, it really mm-hmm. keeps her a child. And like – and also the the fact that Joyce is suddenly like, I don't believe anything you ever say, Buffy. Like yeah. when, when she's like, he said he would slap my little face. And she's like, he said no such thing. I was like, I feel really triggered by this. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like someone being like, that person raped me. And they're like, no, they didn't, you stupid woman. Shut right. your whore mouth. But, that, but that's <laughs> kind of where we're you know, at like, with this episode. I know. It yeah. really truly is. It's yeah. so It's very violent. purposeful, too. Like, and it's definitely like, it's not lost on them. I mean, I. Yeah, I, it's, even it's the, smart. It's just dark. Like it it's is. one of the darkest episodes because it really does like hit home in a in a way that the rest of the show doesn't. It's more of a metaphor. Yeah, you know mm, where I this mean, becomes really real. Like she, her mother has like an a horrible misogynist abusive boyfriend, and Buffy tries to save her mom, and the cops are like, "We're gonna lock you up forever." Yes, <laughs> because the cops. It's you dark. Know, we're really jumping around, but like the scene with Sorry, the cops yeah. is is. You know, they're really questioning, but they're really questioning, like, the the victim in the situation, although Ted is dead at this point. But, like, Mm. there's just a lot. You know what there's a lot of, guys? Mm. Uh, Is it the patriarchy? It's the patriarchy. It's a lot. I mean, they should have just called this episode patriarchy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have, like, a whole patriarchy um, segment of my notes. Mm -hmm. Wow. But I, I mean, they're mostly just quotes from Ted. Ted makes me more uncomfortable than I think any character we have seen to date. And like there are demons that I don't like looking at the master's fruit punch mouth. I don't this like one it. really hits home. It's just it's dis- a little too close to home. It is his mm-hmm. like you know, Joyce, let me handle this. And of course, little lady, nah. uh, sweetheart. Like, there's just so much I, of that fucking bullshit. I beg to differ, little lady. Oh, no. it really, it makes my body feel bad. Like my whole, my nerves, my nerve endings are just not. Ugh. Yeah, there's there's a lot. So, yeah, this episode, you're right. It's, this episode could be titled The Patriarchy. We've had a couple Heavy episodes stuff. that, you know, Reptile Boy was was super, you know, they had like yeah. a demon lizard chained in the basement right, that they right, sacrificed yeah. girls to. So there was, oh, there was yeah. the patriarchy there. <laughs> but this one is, yeah, you're right. I mean, overall, it's just very real. Um, it's it's like real people, even though he's a robot. He was a real person, and he's like the embodiment of his real person. Is and, that true? Right? I don't I, did think I they read ever, the story I, wrong? I don't think they said anything like that right i think at the very end there's like a little bit of exposition where they're trying to like explain it really quick and what is xander's talking and they say that uh ted the real the real the original original ted ted 1.0 uh was a brilliant computer programmer and made sick his wife left him he made a robot of himself who then went and got the wife and then killed the wife and maybe killed her or held her captive until she died and then got another wife then another one. He wife. seems to be like real Ted. Dead. Dead. Okay. Like of cancer or something close to cancer is kind of what they implied. Yeah. But like back in the 50s. It's something. a very loose, it's a very loose. They really don't go to any trouble. <laughs> no. Well, to I mean, the craziest it. thing too is that like of all the stuff that they've seen, of all the supernatural <laughs> stuff, this is like a practical thing. Like someone has jumped like a thousand years or something technologically <laughs> and been like, no, this guy who works at a remedial software company who's a software salesman, yeah. by the way, or it just turns out like he built uh, an incredible Android and everybody's like, huh, sure, yeah, so of course. I'm not going to tell mom that. I mean, it, it might, it, <laughs> she might be onto my vampire stuff if I tell her about that really intense computer she was dating. So, <laughs> like, it's just it's so weird. It's such a strange jump. So 
Okay, so chronologically, Buffy is like, I hate Ted, and then goes to the graveyard cemetery. I can never remember which the fuck it is. Cemetery. Cemetery. And um, beats the shit out of a vampire, taking her aggressions out. And the only reason that I want to call attention to it is because Giles says it's staking time. (laughs) And I love it. And Shannon, we watched the episodes twice, so we watched this yesterday before we watched it today. Um, And last night when we watched it and Giles said that, I sang closing time, but Mm -hmm. using... Staking ah. time. So I just wanted everyone to know that. Great. That's my complete story. That's about something you that can scene. do at home hmm? too. What do you mean? Oh, it's you the, can. The yes, listener. you too, listener. You you too can sing. Staking time. Great. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, after that scene, you know, I pointed this out when we were watching it. Um, Buffy's like never winded unless it's a plot point. <laughs> <laughs> well, is yeah. that because she's the slayer? And it's and also she's, like super strong. It's because the actress didn't like didn't have like to it. like her stunt double, who's amazing. By the way, I remember yeah. being like such a big fan when I was watching the show live as a kid, like of her stunt double because she's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's like she just steps in and does like the last bit, and then she does her scene. But yeah. every time I'm like. God, that stunt double was exhausted. She was breathing so hard. And then she's like, and doing roundhouses. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, Giles, I'm so bored. It just makes me laugh Last week we learned that that stunt double was also the stunt double for the Pink Ranger, right? Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. But I wonder what she went on to do. That's the thing. I never looked her up after that. Like, I wonder what she does now. I don't know. We... We should can, we find should and out. We can find out. Let's find out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> Y'all, here we go. Buffy's stunt double was, of course, Sophia Crawford, yeah. who is one of <laughs> triplets. What? what? That's right. Wow. Uh, she also performed as uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's stunt double in Scream 2. What? Because when you got a great double, like that's 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 a, that's a thing. Oh, by the way, that people do. They like some people get look the their whole and... life for a great double. I never find one. I love when Wes Craven gets brought up on this podcast. My Ugh. favorite thing. Um, <laughs> something that is really small that I just need to say because I noticed it last episode is the fucking vending machine in the school. There's like a whole second row of snacks where they're all upside down. I saw that. I think it's because they're trying to hide the, the labels. Logos. Except the for logos. their Fritos and Doritos. You know what I mean? Right. They are. It's like but, you, they are, but, like they, but they can't show the logos, it's I think. So funny. It's, it's really so funny. I would like you'd think that they would go for non-branded. Snacks. I bet it was actually just easier to just get real ones and just hide the name. So funny. Mm. And like, did the cast and crew like ever eat the snacks out of the vending machine, or was it just for show? Mm. I wonder if it's actually just the vending machine in the school. Oh, oh in yeah, Torrance High School. Yeah, I bet it probably is, and that's why they're upside down. Like they just open it up and turn them upside I love down. It. So Xander, Xander has like a pretty good episode. He's uh, very funny in this episode. He's very he's funny and inoffensive. Yes. And we, so we, Shannon, we talk about Xander a good amount because our listeners talk about Xander a good amount and because we talk about the patriarchy a good amount. Um, and somebody, a few people have written into us saying like, you know, Xander, the character Xander is really tasked with um, kind of the burden of c- carrying the patriarchy because he is like really the teenage boy and what have you. But a few people have written into us and said, but in future episodes where characters start to be introduced who can carry that weight, Xander starts to be, you know, a more fully fleshed out character and what have you. And I feel like this is the first real example of it that we're seeing because Ted is, Ted's doing a fine job. Ted's handling I think, it. I think there's another reason for it too, though, which is the for the first like season and a half, Xander's pouty because he doesn't get Buffy. And that's the patriarchy there, right? That he feels like he deserves her. And like, you know, it's that way that he feels open about pouting about it and annoyed that he can't have her that's so patriarchal. And then Mm -hmm. he starts getting some from Cordelia and suddenly he's like, (laughs) okay, I've got mine. (laughs) So we're good. You're right. And so that's why he gets to change his attitude because his drive is now elsewhere. Wow. Great assessment. So the patriarchy lives. (laughs) The patriarchy lives it's just that he's distracted and he has his other outlet, one that is a character we don't mind if he gives her a hard time because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's she can a ridiculous character own. in a great way. Yeah, actually, oh, a ridiculous character in a great way. I didn't think she was going to get her jingle. But now's the time. But now, you know what? She's going to get her jingle.
Now you've heard the jingle, Shannon. What do you think? Uh, you know, it's interesting you say she's perfect, and she knows that already. <laughs> yeah. it's, yes. a lo- it's a lot more moving than I expected it to be. It was, it was sweet. We, it was really sweet. We it was think- ethereal, which is not what I think of right, when I think right. of Cordelia, but I'm really into it. I think in the off hours, like at the end of a long, hard day of being Cordelia, I think what Cordelia really needs is a gentle, ethereal appreciation yeah. jingle. And like a melatonin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a melatonin. <laughs> Give us some melatonin. <laughs> Someone who does not have a jingle, but who uh, is, is really holding strong in this season appears, Jenny Callender. Jenny Calendar. <sighs> what are your what are your Jenny Calendar feelings? Honestly, yeah. I was never a huge Jenny Calendar fan. Mm-hmm. And rewatching now, because obviously I, I haven't watched the show in a long time. She just really seems like really crazy to me. Like she's got like crazy eyes in a way that <laughs> like I feel like Giles would spot. But you know, it's mm. like a cute cute little bit yeah she's and she's like, always had a left field for me sorry to all the jenny calendar fans no i mean everybody's <laughs> there got are, there are legion. she just doesn't like i i just don't respond to her mm-hmm. the way i feel like i'm supposed to yeah she's been the last few episodes for her she's been going through some stuff yeah yeah she um, got possessed it also seems like, it seems like a real warning sign that she's like listen you're making me feel bad about like I get it. Yeah, I didn't like this, but scene. it's a real snappy. I really I was like, oh, she's like you, a little oh, Jenny intense. was into it. I really like that she's so good at saying what she needs when Giles is in fact lingering about uh, after you know essentially being responsible for something super traumatic. Yeah, that's her. true. Jenny yeah. or Giles is. I was gonna say Giles is is pulling a Jenny. Owen Young. How dare you? It's in not, this scene. It's not so much, you know, like what she's saying. Mm. It's like how, how she's, she's saying, saying it. It's yeah. yeah. not a great vibe. <laughs> yes, I, yes. Like, I'm feeling like warning signs. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she's just like a casual witch, you know. Yeah. Right, right, a techno-pagan. Right. Yeah, she's like a techno-pagan computer teacher. She's casting so, some bones you know, on the we're, internet. We're in this episode, but, like, you're here. And can we just hear a little bit about your relationship to this show? Because we know it, but... They don't know. Then you know the listeners don't know. To to Buffy, yeah. I mean, I was just like a uber fan. I was such an uber fan. Like I would watch. I mean, I would watch every episode live, and I would record the show on my VCR. <laughs> I had every episode. Like I, I would just buy like VHS tapes from like Eckerd's when my mom would God. go. I'd be like, I have to go because I need to get another VHS tape. <laughs> yes, and I would record it on extended play. Did you know you can do that? You can set. You could set your VCR to record at a much slower rate so you could get like eight hours out of something instead of getting like two hours what? or something. Wow. So, so it recorded at like a lower quality? Yeah, at a lower quality so you could get more because like it's not like I was made of money when I was 13. <laughs> right, you know, right. My parents weren't exactly like dying to <laughs> encourage. I, I knew how to set the VCR timer. I mean, and wow. as soon as IRC was around, then I was like downloading the episodes because that was like legal at the time. Nobody was streaming anything. Yeah. You get like MPEGs. I was encoding MPEGs. Like, oh my goodness. Just oh, wow. really, truly the nerdiest, the nerdiest person. Um, and who do you have a favorite character, even if they haven't appeared yet? Yeah, like I was just a Buffy person. I, I that was it was a great like role model. You know, she was smart. She was funny. She was never too put upon because of the burden that she had. Mm-hmm. You know, she was. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think I just, like, wanted to relate to her. Saying I related to her sounds like a, like a, I'm complimenting myself. I don't know. I, I say it all the time. So you go right ahead. I just, you know, I just, I, I even, like, when we were shooting Westworld, I was telling our showrunner, it was Lisa Joy, like, after we finished the season, we were talking about it and we were talking about Buffy. And, because um, she was a big Buffy fan, too. And, um. And I was like, I feel like I, I play like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but like, you know, slightly nerdier. And she's like, oh, okay, or you're more Willow. And I was like, no, I, I see myself as this. And she's like, okay, I don't want to mess that up for you. But, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm 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 Buffy. Whatever you want to think, Shannon. Like, I just like not how I. That's amazing. Was, not that I'm not a Willow fan. I am. I was just like, I just never really connected with Willow. Right. right. You see yourself as a Buffy. Yeah. Anyway, Hell yes. So funny. Hell yeah. I remember actually when I was, I came to LA to start acting when I was about 15. So the show was still on. It was still shooting. I mean, they were probably still doing like season four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to their stage for an audition because their casting directors were casting something else. And I went 
to the stage and they gave me like a visitor sticker to like go and I was like slow walking through their their set like through the the, the graveyard. I was oh just like, my god! Oh my god! I was freaking out. I don't even remember what I was auditioning for. I know I didn't get the job. I was just like so. Ex- I was a child. Yeah. I was so excited. I remember I went up to an an ad and was like, "Do you think maybe Sarah Michelle Gellar would let me meet her?" And they were like, "No, get off our lot!" Right. This is like after my audition. But I remember I found this the other day, like in some like old notebook. The visitor sticker. Oh my and God. I wrote oh. I wrote on the side of the sticker. I was like, the day I almost met the cast of Buffy oh, the Vampire Slayer. Oh my God. <laughs> so embarrassing so to say out loud. Just like such a nerd. Like it was still like so real to me. Yeah, I mean and, it was like, still I, going on. I'm actually really glad I didn't see it, but I was just like, oh my God, this is crazy. I, when I first came to LA, I drove to Torrance High School and like walked around. Hell yeah. <laughs> you do do those do those VHS tapes, are they long gone? Yeah, I think I threw them out or like gave them to Goodwill or something, probably around like 18 or 19. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I started like working and I was busy like the you know the fixation was removed yeah. I think has, but I mean it was like truly a fixation God. goodness goodness well Bless. and you're um jumping back into the episode now you're an angel fan um yeah I was an angel fan we get a little angel here we yeah get, I my note is angels sexy hand wrap that's how I remember, wanted to remember this scene <laughs> It's also like something that you can so easily do yourself, like the hand wrap. <laughs> like it's not like it's just like such a simple wound to like be like, oh, it's time to redress it. Also, like what? Because he's gonna get an infection. Yeah. Like, also, don't he's vampire, a vampire he heal fast. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what's so what weird. The but fuck? also, like he's definitely not gonna get an infection. It's not like he's like, well, I don't want to lose the hand. I've had it for three hundred years because <laughs> I because I take good care of my wounds. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe it's like their foreplay. You know, little hand wrapping, little making out. Little pre-boning, little oh come on, and you guys are Pre-boot. really holding on to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I apologize. No, no, never no. be sorry. Never be sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, we get a little, a little bit of angel, a yeah, little, we get bit. a little bit, um, a little so, bit like hard making out. The making yeah, out is they're, getting. They're going, they're going somewhere. They're at like two. a seven on a one to ten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we this is where your um your expertise, Shannon, is gonna start to come into play because <laughs> yeah. we're we're at mini golf and mm-hmm. Ted fucking loses his fucking mind. 
He, yeah. sh- he like shorts. I think he loses. I don't know. You would probably, from your research for your character. <laughs> my research for my character. <laughs> Robots tend to get a very upset when they lose mini golf. I don't know if you've met a lot of androids, but I know Maeve really loses it. Um, yeah, I think this actually should be like a niche exhibit at Westworld. You know, like just like the narrative where the robot re- is really serious about mini golf. It's like like Teddy is like, well, sir. The rules are the rules. I saw you kick that ball out of the rough. Uh, you can see my uh, robot. Well, wow, that was a really great Teddy. Just <laughs> thank you record. so much. It would it would be too weird if I actually tried to impersonate a coworker. <laughs> I feel like that's like a, it's crossing the line. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is. Oh, sorry, Jenny. Go ahead. I just feel like Buffy is like super strong, and she has all these like heightened senses and abilities. Why wouldn't she just hit it out of the rough? I feel like she could have gotten a hole in two. Well, because she's because because I think like what Shannon mentioned earlier, like she's really being portrayed as like the teenager. Uh, this is the, the like it's like what we were saying before, like where Joyce kind of serves a different purpose. It, it happens a lot on. I, I I think this show in this episode in particular, it's like well, Buffy's a teenager this time. Right, this right, is right. like this is about the real weight of. They're like, put her in the kitten heels, make her clomp over to the rough, <laughs> walk over to the thing. But this is great. Like, John Ritter is fucking incredible. In, yeah, what like, a great he's creep. terrifying. Yeah, he's he, an incredible He is terrifying. Um, he really embodies this, freaks everybody out. And then, you know, as we've already discussed, Joyce doesn't believe Buffy. Ugh. Um, Remember when Ted tells Buffy that it's okay to have feelings? Oh. I kind of lost my shit emotionally. Like, watching that again, I was like, I feel so triggered. I can't have feelings. If I want to, of course I can. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be offering Thank you that for telling noise me it's okay for, for my heart to beat. <laughs> that, that noise from Shannon will be offered as a ringtone. It'll be called the patriarchy ringtone. <laughs> if you could text me that ringtone, yeah. I will. Oh, actually, just before I forget, I was thinking I may. You know how you can rename Siri. Mm-hmm. I might name her Ted. Ooh. Oh, are my you sure God. you're going to be able to handle? It'd be that, such though? a deep cut. Yeah, yeah. Sick. I'd be like, hey, Ted. Like, I just want to see how long it's going to take for somebody to notice that I named oh. my Siri after somehow reprogram the robot her to boyfriend. say malarkey a bunch of times. <laughs> That's malarkey. I beg to differ, little lady. Instead of sorry, what was that? I didn't quite get that. Yeah. I beg to differ, little lady. <laughs> yeah, you turn the wrong way down the street. I beg to differ. God damn it! <laughs> Yo, in the scene with the sticky buns, uh, when, a great sentence already. Yeah, the sticky bees. When <laughs> I gotta keep this as a theme. So. <laughs> when Joyce is like, uh, just like letting Buffy know that she doesn't believe her. And uh, that her experience is not valid. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to point out that Joyce's hair has softened into mm-hmm. a thing that we haven't seen before. I noticed that. Is it like, like a fifties thing? I think it's like a. I 50s, think it was on purpose. Vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. I was That's noticing probably that how it Ted changed. likes her hair. Yeah. Good call. Because because the house was very fifties when we see. It oh yeah. Years. Oh hell yeah. 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 I was wondering what was going on with the hair change. I was like, and I actually was like, did they have like a new hair person that? episode no. they're like kind of just figuring out what they want to do or something. yeah that was a good call because i kind of noticed it but it didn't even connect it to the larger theme yeah um so then we go to the high school and there's a banner i'm just calling that out because we have talked a lot about how sunnydale high school fucking loves a banner they just love a banner this it week be... is a pep rally right they might yeah oh right in the back in the, the sign yeah the yeah yes. there's just always they're always somebody's making a banner hanging a banner oh do you were you gonna say like maybe it's hanging over something that says torrance high school yeah i meant the one that uh... says sunnydale like the banner outside like yeah i wonder if it's covering stuff like that yeah yeah like something practical i would mm-hmm. love to know what is behind every banner in this series you know just <laughs> also like, it is it it's, it's the high school in 90210 too yeah yes. yeah i think they were just very aware of that too maybe the production mm. designers are being like this is not 90210 yeah yeah it's totally. a different school um what i have a question a personal question based on what we see happen between xander and cordelia um so you know, Xander compliments Cordelia's outfit. Cordelia's like, the fuck are you doing, you idiot? And then they want to make out in the utility closet, which reminded me of my so-called <gasps> life. Oh, yeah. They always used to I make remember out in the that, boiler yeah. room, right? Yeah. And I just thought, like, I – maybe it's just me, but, like, I didn't make out anywhere in my – like, in any secret room in my high school. I didn't make out school. with anyone in high school, <laughs> so I'm really the me wrong either. person. To... That is a lie. You made out with people in high school. Well, But not in a secret room. No. Yeah. So it's just like, um, but I kind of feel jealous about it. I literally never made out with anyone at school ever. Yeah. It didn't I'm, even happen even the one time. 
No, I think I'm. I made out. With you know why? Because school is not a place for making out. Oh, yeah, Jenny. Uh, no, Giles and Jenny Calendar. It's, it's 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 for studying and talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer at lunch. Yeah, fuck yeah. Just ask tiny little baby me. <laughs> and for wearing the closest you could get to Sarah Michelle Gellar's outfit. Yes, that day. exactly. It's uh, not for making out. Be you student or teacher, especially. Teacher, yeah, Jenny, faculty, not Jenny Calendar, but Jenny Owen Youngs was very mad about Giles and Jenny Calendar making out in the school. It is unhinged behavior, completely unprofessional, and really goes to my theory that it is a red flag. Yeah, Yeah. right, (laughs) red flag. Keep it. Oh, nice, Jenny. (laughs) There's a great SNL sketch that you should totally check out called Red Flag. Look it up. Oh, I didn't know that. I just thought you were. It reminded me of another SNL skit. Whatever. Keep, continue. I'm not <laughs> going to go podcast. down this It's path. a different podcast. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different <laughs> a thing. A slippery slope. Um, uh, Buffy yes. goes yes. to Ted's she does. office. Mm-hmm. And doesn't even sneak around. Doesn't even sneak around. Doesn't even wear her normal detective outfit of trench coat and horrible sunglasses. She doesn't even try to hide. She stands like right next to him right at by the, the snack, snack area. Desk. <laughs> And she's just like fully stood up, like not concerned. She's just like sort of leaning huh. forward. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. This is a whole thing, a very interesting thing. She sees this picture folded in half, cutting Buffy out. Oh. Which, which the her- thing is, like, she knows that photo. It's on her fridge at home. Why does she have to take it out of the? I mean, I know it's for us. It's for us. It's for us. I know. The production only but took I the one picture, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we didn't get around to doing a second picture. But so also, why do you think? One. Like, what's the motivation for Ted to put the picture? Like, is is the robot's motivation to have the life he once had, and he just programmed the robot wrong so that the robot's really angry and kills the wives every time? Like, I don't understand why. We'll never know. And why does he have a job? Just because because the patriarchy. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Um, I think he, he still has, has the a job, job to like, serve the story. That's mm-hmm. it. Serve the story, <laughs> but also maybe some sort of like 50s man oh, patriarchy okay. uh, breadwinner yes. thing. I just remembered that his conversation on the phone is like, it's actually very expensive software. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like talking about how expensive the software is. <laughs> like and that would be a pro. Like, oh, well, I bought this new software. It's quite expensive. <laughs> In 1997, you... being like, she runs cheap software. <laughs> Speaking of software. Just like to the to the front of the episode when he's talking computers with Willow and he's like, I bet you love your nine gig hard drive. And she's like, I do. Yeah. yeah. And you then he do? Gives, he gives her floppy disks floppy later disks. as an upgrade. He's They're like, like bundled <laughs> together. Here's the upgrade I talked to you about. I was like, that's it's a like disc. It's like five floppy God. disks. Cut to the Rubber scene. It's like together. an hour long where Willow is just popping <laughs> out one disk and inserting the next disk. They love these oh, new disks. They're yeah. Ted massive. also has a job to pay for the rent on his weird, creepy underground apartment, which is below Hello, the Halloween store. Yeah. Or... Yeah. The same whatever place is that like the their their weird room on their lot that is a swing set for them. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe like they're like today it's an apartment. I I swear it's like it's it's the store later, but I think they use it as someone's apartment at one point because I remember that window. Oh, we'll I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll let you know when we see it me. again. We will. We will let you know. Um, so Ted dies. Wait, what? Ted dies. It's after Buffy it finds out that they're gonna so get married. Quickly. Yeah, which is fucking weird. That whole thing is weird. But like this scene where she comes back into her room, uh, and he's sitting there like uh, a fucking creepo with her diary. No, it's like it's like I just and he literally says he's gonna send her to a psych ward. Yes, it's it's full on like classic like if you don't do what i say i'm gonna lock you up in a psych ward right like i'll put you in jail they really went hard on like the 1950s patriarchy. <laughs> that brand and then the and then when she gets upset he punches her square in the so face so that's not a warning shot like i'm su- like it would have if, if she hadn't have been a vampire slayer, which was very lucky for Ted in this moment. <laughs> yeah, her diary she would was have true. Died because later she gets slightly hit by Ted, and she and Joyce knocks gets knocked no, out. No, Joyce She's is knocked like, out yeah. Yeah. for hours. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't remember a thing. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, whoo, he was weird, God. huh? Yeah. <laughs> but this, like, like, that was weird. W- watching this episode when we watched it for the first time, I. I don't know. I guess I just anticipated that like, he would 
get killed for the first time in the end of the episode. So it really took me by surprise when we were like 20 minutes in and Ted was dead at the bottom of the stairs. I was like, well, where's this going to go? Like, <laughs> you know? It goes into SVU. It's like, dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh... So then Giles packs his bag full of all of the weapons inside Dale High School. In the, the he, like all the detectives don't take a look in the Sunnydale <laughs> library. He doesn't locker. even zip it up because sound was like, could you not zip it? Like it's just like it's really destructive. Yeah, destructive. he just walks out with his open open duffel bag. Is that a giant crossbow in that tiny bag? No, 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 just, no. Nope, nope. Yep, yep. The crossbow again, jumping ahead. But the so last episode we saw Kendra pick up the crossbow and be like, I know how to use this, and then trigger it and shoot it. Accidentally. And the crossbow is up to no good once again, <laughs> where Jenny Calendar has accidentally shot Giles in the back. Let's be real. As soon as Jenny Calendar picks, picks up that, that crossbow, it is apparent that she is not a person she, who should be holding yeah. a crossbow. She does not look centered. No, Do you call she's... that a red flag or no? <laughs> Just wondering when she's like waving it wildly, as if she's attempting to aim, but it looks like her eyes don't work. Like she's, it's it's she's just kind of dancing. It's moving so much between that you're like, are you aiming or trying to learn the macarena? It is a lot. So naturally, she shoots him in the sacrum. Yeah, she really gets him good. But But how about Giles with the liver or the kidney or something? Like in the back, like he's. I can't believe he lived. We never talk about that again. Yeah. It's another though. unanswered question from this episode. True. But he fucking yanks that thing right out right of, out of himself. back. Oh, and John. then they're making out like two scenes later. Yeah, it's a whole thing. <sighs> oh, I, God. I have issues. <laughs> Sorry, I just looked down at my... I, I have more notes, but the one that popped out at me was Daddy's Here. Ew, oh, ew, ew, We'll ew, get there, we'll ew, get there. Ew. We're not there yet, so yeah. I'm sorry, because we're going to have to say it again. Um, well, we learned... Okay, because we learned some stuff that we should we should go over before we get to Daddy being here again. Right. <laughs> um, there's MDMA or something in... Listen, the- <laughs> suspension of disbelief. Willow is looking at a cookie under a microscope. <laughs> what chemical compound does she see? It's like Soylent Green or something, you know? <laughs> Like, it's people. It's it's like all his old dead wives. <laughs> right. Oh God. But right. So we this taste pizza tastes like dead, dead wives, wives to you. And Xander's like, yes, it's delicious. Exactly. Xander loves dead wives. Yeah, so that's like, on brand. Amazing because the patriarchy. Yeah, because of the patriarchy. <laughs> so yeah, so they're being drugged, but of course Buffy's mad the whole time, so she's the only one not drugged. Ted is alive now. Now we got to it. We now we got to daddy's here. Yeah, Gross. daddy's here. Disgusting. The uh, worst. Mike P. Is that you? Oh, because sorry, the Pences call each other daddy and mommy. Oh. It's very strange. Oh god, it's oh. like daddy's here. Oh. Politics aside, guys, it is a crazy thing to do. <laughs> it is weird. It's just disgusting. Um, I don't take orders from women. I wasn't wired that way, nah. says Ted. Great. Um, and this is where you know, Jenny, you you've been talking about. Shannon being, you know, with this on this episode with us and um, getting into Ted's robotics. And this is really where I think you might want to ask some. Yeah. I mean, if you were like teching on this, like if you were teching on Ted, like what would your what would your moves be? Well, I mean, it depends. You know, uh, first of all, I don't write the moves. Let's not give (laughs) too much credit here. But, you know, it depends on what his narrative is. Like, if mm. he's supposed to malfunction, if that's part of the experience mm. for Buffy. Right, You know, right. maybe she was like, I really just always wanted to kill a guy my mom wanted to pre-bone. So <laughs> now it's like an experience. And she's like, and I really wanted to feel like the cops be involved for the first and only time, I think, <laughs> right, ever right, in this right, series. Right. Like, I want to feel some weight of my, like, the consequences of my actions, like, Maybe that's mm. her. Maybe that's her theme park experience. So like everything's going according to plan. Yeah, yeah. No adjustments. Just necessary. because, frankly, like you know, I don't want to give notes on whoever built Ted. But why the hell are there so many lights in his cheek yeah. when his <laughs> when his skin comes <laughs> off? It's like you don't need those there, man. <laughs> what is going on there? <laughs> oh yeah, his cheek coming off is a real. Just, just a true waste of luminosity oh. there. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, a, wa- a waste in practicality, but effective in the visual. Ugh. Yeah, they're like, it's a robot! Yeah, I was, <laughs> I, I, I'm was. a fan of the open-faced Ted. That's an old model that responds to the uh, radio <laughs> signal in the sector three of the park. Mm-hmm. The- uh, how about a nice game of Parcheesi? No! Hard pass, hard pass. I loved Parcheesi. <laughs> yeah, Parcheesi really? is fun, but yeah. not with Ted. Yeah, you didn't play Parcheesi? Mm. You weren't a Parcheesi player? No. 
Oh, I loved it. I don't know why. Like on, on face value, it seems like a pretty boring game. By the way, I love a board game. I'd play anything, but I've never played a Parcheesi. Oh, Parcheesi is like Sorry. Do you ever play Sorry? Oh yeah. I mean, it's basically Sorry, but without Sorry. Without an apology. Yeah, you don't. It's yeah, yeah. It's the non-apologist. It's like, it's like uncodependent. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> what if we made a game and we just called it sorry? Yeah. The women will always win. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> uh, yep. Um, speaking of women, mm-hmm. you know that thing where sometimes in a young girl's life you just have four dead wives in your closet. Yeah. And you can only tell keeping. by looking, not by smelling, but we don't know. Yeah, it never smells how, bad. It's clearly like, clean are skeletons. They, Kristen said, I pictured them in jars. I was thinking maybe they were skeletons. And I said, those jars, first of all, where'd you get giant industrial <laughs> size <laughs> translucent jars that Xander can clearly yeah. see through? But also, yeah. um, how do you get all the flesh off the bones so quickly? I mean, unless like that robot is, is from the 50s. From... Maybe he was from the 50s. Fi- maybe the robot has been doing this since the 50s. Is he a 50s robot? Right? And that was the, that's the impression like, I got. And but No he, clear answers. But like, where but... does he get the body? Like, you know what I mean? Because when we saw iRobot Eugene, is that the one where they build the robot? They're building a robot body? Mm-hmm. It would make sense because it's called iRobot Eugene, but I just wanted to make sure. I, <laughs> it's just they, they need the bodies to make the rope to to make them alive again. So right. you would think that you would need a casing, right? Like it's because the 3D printers haven't been invented exactly. yet in 1997. Though androids have the biggest problem is the skin. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've got we can artificial intelligence is already here in 1997. Just no skin, which is hard. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. But yeah, this this episode is a weird episode. There are a lot there's a lot of suspension of disbelief, more so than we're used to. There's yes. a lot of world expanding here. Like there they just they really kind of go out on the limb, but I like the limb. Mm-hmm. It's just a very strange there's a lot of it just is happening. Like like the cops must have decided to like drop the charges on Buffy when the, he gets off the table, the, right? the autopsy table. They're like, well, the guy's gone, so we guess we'll like the the body is not in the morgue anymore. So it's just, like, it doesn't. It's just it, it says a lot of like it doesn't matter for the story. So like let's just move on. Yeah. And it's all it's definitely the right. And it's and just crazy. It, it seems like one of the most important. I mean, I think one of the most important pieces of this episode is um, us looking at Buffy respond to harming a person. Even though, even though we find out in the end that like Ted was a robot, there's that like that is that's I think the realest piece of it is that she's like, no, I killed someone. I used my strength against a human and we haven't really seen that ever happen before. Yeah, I actually f- thought it was interesting that they decided not to go there deeper that she doesn't question her power or like mm-hmm. be like I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want to be a violent person anymore. Like I, I mean, I'm sure there was that idea in the room and they were just like that's not where we're going with this. Like Buffy right, should right. never question her being a vampire slayer. Right. But it it did surprise me that she's just kind of just like sad. Yeah. She's just like sad that her mom's sad, but it she's not mm-hmm. like I got to I got to like look myself in the mirror. Like it's definitely that right. doesn't yeah. exist in it, which is weird. Yeah, there's not as much introspection as you would think, as we've seen in past episodes. I mean, yeah, and there's yeah. just not time in it for the, where the story is going, but yeah, it was it surprised me. Yeah. There really was, like, there wasn't even enough time to explain half of the things that yeah, exactly. happened in the right. episode. Right. Yeah, Ted Wait, I, I actually oh, have, I actually have one yeah. more thing. Remember when they go to his house and it's like in the hatch, down the hatch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. How the hell did they get all that furniture down there? The hatch is barely the size of a person. <laughs> There's no exterior <laughs> door. I was like, the first time we see like that couch, I was like, how'd they get the couch through that hatch? <laughs> <laughs> they build it around the uh, wait, what's happening yeah. here? And it's kind of made to seem like it's almost made to seem like the building was built around that underground department. Like yeah. you yeah. know? And we only found that thanks to Cordelia. I just want to point that out. <laughs> it's like, does the rug not go with the rest of the decor or is there no decor to speak of? Well, but that's what she means. She means Maybe. I'm a Cordelia apologist. Uh-huh. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was kind of into the apartment. I'm not going to lie. I kind of liked the, the 50s vibe going on. You want to get an underground no windows place? Yeah, yeah. With four dead wives in the closet. Mm. See you guys never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you won't come over to do the podcast anymore oh, when okay. we move to our bunker. No, that's all right. I'm okay. I'm going to stay in. I got to wash my hair. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, can I just talk about the second to last thing that Ted says? Please. Is- Want a little gravy with that? (laughs) Like, his malfunctioning asides are so great. It's such a, like, I wish that this was, like, I wish I had read this as a comic book. Like, this is this episode Mm. is a perfect comic book. Uh uh It it really is. But, like, those bits, like, want a little gravy with that? (laughs) I'm really just sad that, you know, I never made that joke at work on Westworld and that, oh. you know, and then also sad for myself because if I had, no one would have gotten it. I would be like, that's what John Ritter says when he malfunctions. People would have like, take Shane I back just, to like, her cage. I, not, to, <laughs> not to keep bringing it back to this full circle, but I just, I really can't get over the brilliance of you having at like age 13 called this the Westworld episode and having known that like how did my, you well, my, how did you know well my dad's a software designer and like we watched all kinds of was your dad, is your dad Ted. a robot my dad is dead <laughs> no complicated uh, he worked for IBM actually um but yeah he he showed me the movie like it was we watched all kinds of stuff like that we watched the x-files like all the books that he gave me to read when i was like i want to read grown-up books when i was in like you know fifth sixth grade whenever yeah. you start like asking about stuff like that yeah they were all like michael creighton books like Hell the first yeah. grown-up book i read was the andromeda strain like wow so it was all like it didn't it, it wasn't weird to me that like i knew these movies it was weirder to me that like other that that's not what other people's dads were showing them but right, right. that's very young too um but yeah westworld Gosh, and and yeah, and probably it is really the Westworld Buffy episode. It, truly, yeah, truly, the most. He's the Yule Brenner. Like, what if Buffy's mom dated the malfunctioning robot from Westworld? And <laughs> the, it's what if it's there was re- a Slayer in Westworld? But, and what also, would like, if I would have been old enough to like really appreciate, by the way, what Westworld was as a genre movie, like mm-hmm. it really was such an awesome movie way before its time. Um. I would have, I think, had a much more of an affinity for this episode. And I think that that's why, like, Joss was – Joss wrote this episode. Like, mm-hmm. there it, there really is, like, a great it, – it's really cool. Yeah. It just doesn't fit in the world the way – it feels like it's a passion project. Right. Know, right. Which know? is kind and I of like amazing that. on it. I mean, I like that view of it, too, is yeah. that, like, you know, you have the ability to kind of, like, take these stories in different directions yeah. and explore things and have It's like, I'd want to make the Beetlejuice episode. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I do get <laughs> totally, it. Totally. Totally. Well. This well. was fun. This was the best. It's been fantastic. Chris, thanks agree. for having me. <sighs> thanks for treat. being with us. Thank you. You are always welcome here if you would like to talk about any other episodes. They do not always need to include robots. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Everyone who's listening, you've already seen season one of Westworld, but go back and watch it a second time. Please. It really merits at least a second viewing, if not a third. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a show that, that I think really gets better. It with improves with your multiple viewings. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Shannon, where can people find you on the internet if they just like want to absorb your social media presence? Um, I'm at Shannon Woodward on the Twitter. Great. It's Perfect. very. It's like ninety percent politics, ten percent jokes. Mm-hmm. So just Great, a lot of sm- a lot of smashing the patriarchy. Yeah, there's definitely there. a lot of that. Oh yeah. hell yeah. I like to slay trolls, much like Buffy slays uh, (laughs) vampires. Yeah, you go hard on the trolls. Listen, sometimes you gotta you gotta teach like the teenage kids how to deal with bullies, and I think like to some extent, like it's the only reason why I keep doing it. You just gotta hang people with their own dumb, hateful words. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not mean to them; I just let them hang in public. Yep, yep. And you know, it's kind of the best way to deal with a bully. Mm -hmm. And I get a, a lot of kids write at me sometimes, and they say like, they learned how to talk to people in a certain way that is annoying as it is i mm. truly keep doing it because of those kids yeah yeah and, you don't and because i slightly enjoy it but you know <laughs> so follow shannon woodward on twitter yeah thanks for making the world a better place in a variety of ways mm-hmm. oh thanks guys yeah, yeah.
Wait, Shannon, can you talk about, because you work with some really awesome projects, too, that are, like, lifting women up. Oh, yeah. I am also part of a, a women's reproductive health organization called A is 4, and you can mm. follow us on at A is 4 org on Twitter yes. or uh, A is 4.org. Um, we basically, we raise money for various um, women's reproductive health organizations, some of them smaller, and we give them direct donations. Um, all kinds of really interesting women's uh, health, like, you know, people who provide law services for pregnant teens or, you know, all kinds of things like that. Anyway, yeah. if you're interested in that, please check us out. Yeah. Hell yeah. Very important stuff. Thanks. Thank you for doing that, too. Oh, thanks. Listeners, thanks so much for listening. I'm Jenny Owen-Youngs, and when I'm not watching Buffy, I'm making music. You can learn more about me and listen to some of those songs at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering. And you can give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo. You can find me on Twitter at Kristen Nolene. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You can also learn about the work that I do with LGBTQ communities as well as their families and educators um, over on my website, KristenNolene.com. Those organizations that I run are Everyone is Gay and My Kid is Gay. And just so you know, something that I don't talk about often is that I also wrote a book it's called This is a Book for Parents of Gay Kids, and um, I don't know if you know what it's about, but it is a book <laughs> that is a Q&A guide for parents, family members, educators, um, anyone really who is in the orbit of any LGBTQ person. It tackles sexuality, gender, coming out, all of those things. Um, it's very useful, and you probably know someone who could use it. It might be you. It's a great book. Thanks, Jenny. You're welcome. Uh, you can always find out about any upcoming buffering events that might be headed down the pike. And you can also find information about my events and Kristen's events, all hubbed in the convenient location of bufferingthevampireslayer.com under the events tab. Mm -hmm. You can follow us on Twitter at bufferingcast or drop us an email at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. Yeah. What about Facebook? What about poor oh Facebook? Oh my gosh. Facebook.com slash bufferingcast. Goodness. Heavens. <laughs> you can also support our podcast and this work. It is it is a thing. It's a serious thing. A real thing. A real thing. And you know what else is serious? It's how many of you support it. Um, our Patreon page is over at patreon.com slash bufferingcast. And you can give at the dollar, the $5, or the $10 level. And so many of you do. Thank you so much Thank for supporting you so us. Much. Um, we know it's fun too for you. Um, a lot of a lot of the rewards are really fun. You can get the songs in advance before you know we release the album at the end of the season. Um, you get special Q and A videos. You get Buffy watches. There's there's a lot of fun times over there. Plus, it's a fun community. There's a there's like a yeah. lot of little chatter, a little private chatter happening in the Patreon land. So to those of you who support already, thank you so much. And to those of you who are just finding out, hey, come on over, help support our work, please. You can also support us by going on over to iTunes and leaving a positive review if you have positive things to say. Uh, if you have negative things to say, you know, maybe just shoot us an email privately. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, and of course, as always, you can go on over to bufferingthevampireslayer.com, click on shop and get yourself some fun vampire themed goodies um, or patriarchy themed, you know, <laughs> same diff. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, will you please howl out with us? Till next time. Ow!
you're still here great during the editing phase of this episode we realized that we neglected to give out a sexual attention award how embarrassing how embarrassing but don't worry don't worry we're still here and we still have an award yeah we thought you know maybe it could go to buffy and angel they had that whole hand wrap scene Meh. but really we, don't we, we know where know? the tension is. We know where the tension is, and it's between Xander and that damn pizza. Yeah, Xander and the mini pizzas. Yeah. A tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just lock eyes with someone or some pizza across the room, <laughs> and you just know that they're the one. There was this beautiful ad in, in Brooklyn at this Brooklyn pizzeria I used to walk by all the time that was just like a lady holding a pizza and she was like <laughs> holding it like two inches above her head, but like had already taken, it was like she took the bite with the pizza parallel to her mouth and then raised the pizza up a couple of inches so that the cheese was like pulling down. What and she, a weird. It was, she was making out with the pizza is what I'm trying to say. Oh, so, just, so you're no stranger to sexual no tension between a person and, the po- and pizza. And the poster is definitely from the 1980s. So what I also would like to say is Xander is not the first person to have sexual tension. No, with no, a pizza. he's not the pioneer. Mm-mm. There, there were many <laughs> the that pizza came, love pioneer. Many that came before him. So Xander and the pizza. Congratulations. Congratulations to you both. Bye. Hey, I'm Jillian Clare, the host of the podcast, Thanks for Coming In. I've accumulated some pretty crazy audition stories over the past 20 years, and so have my friends. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do this. And then Disney calls and is like, we need you to come test for the Ant-Man movies. I didn't know if my scene was going to get cut or not. Ooh, I could play that. Tune in every Thursday to hear your favorite actors tell the funniest, saddest, and most cringeworthy audition stories. Sometimes even the one that got away. Thanks for Coming In is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.